When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back, my friends. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 255 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are continuing our foray into the best things of life being free with a discussion about story time and storytelling, reading to our kids, telling stories to our kids in their pajamas at bedtime. If that's not one of the greatest aspects of parenting, I don't know what is. Today, we're talking about how we can expand upon that half hour, that 20 minutes, so that our children and us, so that we can all get the most out of that time right before bed. We're going to talk best practices. We're going to talk about tweaking story time, perhaps even not using a book. Today, I'm speaking with Britt Gage. She is a co-founder of Once Upon a PJ, which is a new company set to launch on World Storytelling Day, March 20th, in which the story is illustrated on your child's pajamas. It is such a great idea. We're going to get into all of that after a quick word from today's first sponsor. Britt, I'm really excited to talk to you this morning. It is 8.30 a.m. as of recording time. We got our coffee. We're ready to go. How are you? I am wonderful. How about yourself? Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I really want to get into how parents can get the most bang for their child's literacy buck, so to speak, with regard to story time. For most of us, we're doing story time every single night. So how can we really make story time enjoyable, beneficial for both parent and child? Tell us who you are what you do, and why you were prompted to start Once Upon a PJ. Absolutely. So I am Britt. I am the co-founder and CEO of Once Upon a PJ. Once Upon a PJ is actually a storytelling company. If you look at what we sell, we are an e-commerce company that sells kids PJs that have stories on them. But really, we consider ourselves a storytelling company. And our entire mission is to be able to help parents engage with their kids and tell better stories and just make the art of storytelling much more accessible. I think us as humans, stories are innate to us, but storytelling can be really challenging and it can feel, especially for parents with limited time, limited brain resources, especially in the challenges of the pandemic, to be able to make story time accessible 
it seems that books are the best way to do that. But research shows and a lot of what we've learned is just the ability to ad hoc tell stories with your children, engage them, make them the hero of the story, use story time to tell lessons that are important to you. That is really what's most impactful. And so that's what we're trying to build. Usually story time, storytelling starts with a book, but Once Upon a PJ argues that you can tell a great story based on the pictures on your pajamas. So tell us a little bit more about why in your capacity as a mother, or where, I should say, where in your capacity as a mother, books fell short. Yeah, absolutely. Books, especially for early literacy, they are everything. So I don't think in any way at OUPJ we are attempting to replace books. Especially in the pandemic, I struggled to find that quality time. You're spending all of this time with your kids, but not all of that time is actually quality time. And so the time at the end of the day usually was that key storytelling time and how in order to make it wonderful and to maximize it, I found that it was hard because we would be reading these books. They would be great in a lot of ways, but sometimes, especially antiquated stories come with antiquated language. And the things that my daughter was experiencing during her day was not necessarily putting her in into the story. I would watch her sort of fade off and not pay attention and get fidgety. And I myself would fade off and not pay attention and get fidgety. And I thought, this is supposed to be this special time that we're spending together where I'm teaching her and we're learning together and we're snuggling together and there's just something missing. The moment that I realized that we could do something about this actually didn't come from a book. It came from watching the 1950s classic Peter Pan. And today, as many people know, Peter Pan, that particular story is really challenging. Disney has since put a disclaimer on the movie before you watch it because of the misappropriations to Native American communities. So most people know it it as challenging. But while she was listening, I started to listen to this conversation that was happening between Peter and Wendy. And Peter said something to the effect of, you can't do that, Wendy, because you're a girl. And I watched my daughter watch that like it was gospel. And my ears perked up. I was like, oh, okay. Not sure if this is really what I want her to be listening to, but I'm sure it's fine. And immediately following her response affirmed his confirmation that girls can't actually do anything. She said, you're right, Peter, girls can't do anything. I looked at her and I said, I think we need to turn this off. And it just got me thinking about stories. This story that was so beloved to me as a child that I thought had these really great lessons in it. I saw that there were problems and not in the fundamentals of the story, but in the way the story was being told. And I thought that I could provide the the lessons that I wanted to, to my child in my own words, that would allow me to engage her in that story and get those morals and lessons, still have quality time together, but not have her hear things that I think are wrong as a parent. And I wanted story time to be so much better than it was. And so it was like a teeny light bulb moment of, could you actually just take those stories and remove the words make it engaging for your child to be able to see the pictures on their body, feel a part of them, 
but have them tell part of the story with you. So much of what you said there really hit home for me. What I love about Once Upon a PJ is that it retains all of the phenomenal aspects of reading a story to your children, like the quality time, like the opportunity to develop literacy, for your children to learn how to value stories. But it also does something that books perhaps may not do often, which is it empowers the child, your child, to become the storyteller, become the author. And so I just want to go back to what you were talking about with Peter Pan, (laughs) because I recently had a similar (laughs) moment, my eight-year-old. So let me back up. And for listeners who probably don't know this about me, a little fact about Stephanie is that I, as a child, and still am, but as a child, I was like a huge book nerd lover. I read every single Nancy Drew in second grade. That's how much of a nerd I am. And my daughter's in second grade. And so I was really excited to love Nancy Drew again with my daughter. I was going to read her. We started at one, the one with the clock, and I was just ready to go. And I'm reading this. We got a couple chapters in, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I do not want to read this to my child. I do not want to impart these lessons on my child. Nancy Drew is really into shopping and fashion. Essentially, her father is this fancy lawyer, and she's just his assistant working on the side. Everybody thinks Nancy Drew's this like amazing feminist. That's not how the book is written at all. And so you definitely have a point there when you're talking about how the books of our childhoods, the stories of our childhoods have not kept up with the changing cultural tides. And so I guess I want to just say that because I've it's been on my mind for a while, but I'd love to go back to storytelling and world storytelling day and ask you what does research say about the importance of storytelling and having story time with our children we all know it's important but perhaps some of us listening don't know why obviously stories are fundamental to us as humans there's actually this beautiful study that came out last year that people who are engaged in story time unconsciously synchronize their bodily functions like heartbeat and breathing. So if you're listening to a story with someone or engaging, your heartbeat sync up, your breathing syncs up. And the beauty of that in being able to connect with your child is just, I mean, something so magical. And I think what we are all attempting to achieve when we're sitting down for this special moment with our child and sometimes where that can fall short. So just to be able to engage in storytelling with your child. It's biological, it's neurological. Some great research about how making your child the hero of the story helps them become more empathetic and relate a lot better. Because a lot of what we do with OUPJ outside of just providing a pair of PJs is provide education. It's really hard to do this. It's It sounds super fun when you first put on the PJs and then you say, okay, where am I supposed to start? Well, I really want to talk with you about exactly how parents can optimize nightly reading time with their children. We're going to get into how, what does research say are best practices. We're going to get into all of that with Britt Gage after a quick word from this week's sponsor. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. 
As the total destination for decor and furniture, HomeThreads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we are back with Britt Gage. She is the co-founder of Once Upon a PJ. We are talking about how the best things in life are truly free. And one of the best things in life, on paper at least, ideologically, is story time. And I say ideologically because I have to be honest, Britt, in my house... I love books. I love stories. I love reading to my children. I'd much rather read to them than sit on the floor and play. That's completely honest. (laughs) Maybe I should not say that out loud, but it's true. Like, I love reading to them, but at the end of the day when, you know, I'm tired and they're cranky, story time can at times feel like a chore. And so in honor of World Storytelling Day, I wanted to have you on to talk about how can we really truly tweak our practices as parents so that storytelling, story time does return to become one of the best things in life. So that's where I really want to get your insight today is what does research say is best practices when it comes to reading with or to our children? It's starting by actually doing it. I think once you actually engage in storytelling with your child, that's when you start to see the effects. And for us, we've spent a lot of time understanding the research around storytelling as its own methodology, not necessarily storytelling as it relates to reading. Because again, we're not, our goal is not to replace reading, especially for for ages two to six or seven, when they're first starting to read, being able to see the words on the page in in terms of early literacy is extremely important. By engaging in storytelling, you are molding this beautiful little 
nugget into an empathetic adult, um, an empathetic adult who can understand complex ideas, who can be considerate of others, who can understand that the stories and the things that they believe are not or might be different than the things that other people believe, and that's okay. And that's what we believe in terms of storytelling is the fact that your child can read a book with you, listen to the way that a story goes. They're they're so engaged with the place, the hero of the story, the jam, the the thing that happens causes causes an issue that eventually gets resolved to make the story. But they don't always realize that a story told one way by one person could actually be told a different way by a different person based on their experience, background, race, gender, expression, all of those good things. So we think it's really important to use storytelling to its maximum benefit to take the same story and tell it in a lot of different ways. That way your child not only can understand the story as it's written on the page, but can understand that other people might tell the story in a different way. Some things we just do intuitively, like we read with fun in our voice, we give different characters different voices, we use pregnant pauses and exclamations with our imitation. But other things too, like make physical contact with your child when you're reading. We tend to sit next to your child. But research says if you can have some sort of physical touch in addition to the storytelling that's really powerful for pre-readers, show them the words, so track with your fingers. And of course, too, read every day. Research says 15 to 20 minutes a day minimum is number one. So just doing it consistently each and every day. I'm wondering, though, for you in your capacity as a parent, Do you rely on any research-backed best practices? So we use, we actually developed at OUPJ a acronym based on the word pajamas that helps you understand all of the most important parts of a story to tell an arc with your, your child. I have always found that it's not just at reading time that I want to maximize that time with my child. It's on the way to school. I have a 25 minute commute with my child to drive her to school. And we sometimes listen to music. Sometimes we listen to actual storytellers, but a lot of times I turn off the music and we're just talking. And I have actually used this acronym pajamas to remember how to make it through a story and how to make a story most impactful for her. So there's key points in a story that you really want to hit with your child that will help them not only understand the story, but allow them to really absorb its effects and understand like the key moments within. As with pajamas, P is always starting off with place. You're introducing the world and the hero of the story. And this is really important. This is where your child hears that their background, their experiences might be different than someone else's. So your ability to discuss the place of a story and how somebody's place is different than their own helps contextualize that for a child to get started. The second letter is A, sort of adventure begins. So for us, we want to 
give that moment where a hero's journey or the person that is the hero of this story has something sparked in them. Journeys can be both literal and figurative. So having that moment where adventure begins is when your child will, their heartbeat will start to sync with yours and they will have that moment of, ooh, something is happening right now. Then there's J jam, which is obviously the sticky situation where there is a problem that needs to be solved. And this is that crucial moment. This was my crucial moment of listening to Peter and Wendy talk on the phone. And I said, ooh, we have a problem. I should think about how to solve this for myself. The next A being answer the challenge. So in order to get out of the jam, generally the hero has to make a choice. And those choices matter. And so being able to talk through with your child the choices that come the effects of the choices that are made. You can do this when you're reading a book with your child. You can get to a specific part of how the hero is going through their journey within the story. And instead of just reading what's there, stop and say, what do you think this is what they should have done? Why do you think they did this? Obviously, there are age-appropriate responses to that. Your two-year-old might not be able to give you an eloquent answer, but you can do that in really small but impactful ways to get them to think differently than what's on the page. There's only a couple more letters. M is modified. At the end of making that choice, the person who made that choice is changed. Their point of view is changed. Their place has changed. Something about them has changed that is really impactful. And then A is aftermath. There is a ripple effect in the world or to the other characters in the story as a result of that change. And then our favorite is S, pajamas, to switch it up. Tell the story in a new way. Even though it's said in one way, try to say it in a different way. Let your child tell part of the story. To take a character that might be not in the foreground of the pictures, but sitting in the background. What's their backstory? How are they feeling about what's happening as part of the story? Can you give them a name? Can you give them something really special to share? That can be a great way to make storytelling much more than the words that you see on the page. I love that. I love that acronym. I love that help for parents because as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, reading a book can be quite passive for both the listener and the reader. The book is taking over. There are benefits and drawbacks to that, of course, but when we take the book away and we're looking at the images, the beautiful images, by the way, on a pair of pajamas, that becomes a much more active storytelling experience. And some parents might be rip-roaring, ready to jump on that, but others might be like, wait a minute, I'm not very imaginative. I need some support. So thank you for that. Before we say goodbye, though, I do want to ask you, I noticed that your pajamas are organic cotton. And as a sustainable minimalist, I was really darn thrilled to see that. And so I'm wondering, for anybody listening who doesn't know why organic is important, organic cotton supports soil health, it's better for our children's health. Do we want pesticides, herbicides, insecticides in our children's clothing on their body for 10 plus hours a night? I could go on a diatribe about (laughs) conventional cotton, but I just wanted to ask you, why did you and your co-founders make the decision to create organic cotton pajamas. We know that organic cotton is 
almost 50% less CO2 compared to conventional cotton. So not only the fact that it's touching your children's skin, but that it, what, everything we are trying to do is be better, not only for people, but also for planet. And I remember the very specific moment where we were talking to our manufacturing partner about all of our different options, organic cotton being the, the main one that we had wanted and it was not cheap. And so we, I expected us to come back as a founding team and have to have a difficult conversation to say, okay, what is most important to us? And unanimously, very easily, we all said we stand by sustainability as a core tenant of our product. And it might be a little bit more expensive on our end, but we're not going to compromise on that because that is just as important as all of the other aspects of what we're doing. I love that. Manufacturers, by and large, I would say, don't think about the end life of their product. They just think about the manufacturing and the selling and then whatever happens to it, nobody cares because we got our paycheck. And so I just want to thank you publicly for thinking about the afterlife or the end life of a product when you no longer need this item because your children got too big. (laughs) Tell us where we can find once upon a PJ, but more specifically, tell us about your launch. Yes, we are pre we are pre-launch. You can't even buy the PJs yet, but we're so excited. We've decided to launch on World Storytelling Day, again, to affirm our commitment to storytelling and the importance of storytelling and wanting to be a leader for children and parents and the world in this art form to make it more accessible. You can find us at onceuponapj.com. We also have an Instagram page. So we hope we can always be a resource and a guide during this process. Well, Britt, I must say my niece is turning five soon and she is getting a pair of your PJs. So I'm really excited. So honored. Thank you so much. Listeners, that's a wrap. I so hope you enjoyed my conversation with Britt Gage, co-founder of Once Upon a PJ. I have linked to Once Upon a PJ. I have linked to the research we cited. I've linked to everything you need to know in this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 255. I have nothing else to say, so I will see you on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend, my friends, and take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.